Amen. What a wonderful day our Lord has made. It's good to be here today. We're so thankful if you're here visiting. Uh, we're glad that you're here uh, visiting with us so that we can share uh, a word from Jesus Christ with you, uh, the good news of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you're here for the first time, uh, I'm not the usual minister or the preacher, uh, but I'm filling in or Barry May, he's out uh, visiting that I would say great state of Alabama, but I'm not going to get up here and make false accusations. So, but he is out of town today, uh, so I'm filling in this morning for him. Um, you know, and my title for today is, is Sifted. Yeah. And I think some have already, are being sifted already, because I look out and I've seen several people yawning already. Yeah. So, so Gerard, <laughs> this afternoon, buddy, it's on you. Yeah. Uh, but as I was getting this lesson together today, uh, for today, uh, you know, this is one of those lessons that, you know, I, I, if, it, if you don't get anything out of it, it was for me. Uh, so I hope and pray, you know, that you get something out of it as well. Each time I had the opportunity to uh, preach, my whole desire, my goal is to uh, help you in your Christian walk, to help you in your faith. So I hope and pray that today's lesson uh, will do just that. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, the title is called Sifted. And what was read into your hearing this morning was from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 22, uh, beginning at verse 31. And it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired uh, to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thou faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou hast thrice denied that thou knowest me. Now, this word sifted, or the word sift, if you look at that word, the word sift, if you use it as a noun, it means uh, an act of sifting something especially so as to isolate that which is most important or useful. And if you use it as a verb, it's to put through a sieve, a sieve, to separate or to separate out by as if by putting through a sieve. Now, a sieve is different than a strainer. You know, a strainer, you put something into it, you know, like some pasta or what have you, and there's no work need to be done. Gravity does all the work. It, it, it lets out all the liquid. So, but a sieve is something similar to a strainer, but a sieve needs a sifter, someone to actually do the agitating. Now, there's a couple different ways of, of using a sieve. For the sifter, either he wants to keep what's good in or he wants to keep what's good that, that's not good in there. If you look at sifting for gold, you know, the whole objective is to get all the debris and all the junk out through the sieve, and what the sifter beholds is the precious metal, which is gold, or in some cases, a rock, you know, some precious metal or some precious metal or some precious stone. 
But, uh-oh. But I think every, every word that is in the Bible is of great importance. Every context is of great importance. And I, and I, I look and see what uh, Jesus said to Peter, that he said that Satan wishes to sift you like wheat. He didn't say he wants to just sift you. He didn't say he wants to sift you like gold, but he said he wants to sift you like wheat. Now, and then after that, he said, Peter, I know you're going to go through this, but when you get done, when you're converted back, when your faith is restored, I want you to then strengthen your brother. So Jesus knew the heart of Peter, and we'll get into that. So the whole purpose of sifting wheat, I thought, was so important that he mentioned he wanted to sift them, sift them like wheat, because he knew that what Satan would hold was not the good stuff. Right. What was coming out uh, for Jesus is the good stuff. Yeah. So when you're sifting for wheat, you know, it's really to separate the chafe, which is all the, the stems and all that other stuff. And, and what you get out is the grain. And then from that grain, of course, we know we can make some good stuff from that grain. You know, you grain it and turn it into flour and you make you some good fried chicken and some cakes and all that stuff. But anyway, so <laughs> sifting. Now, I... I in the King James Version uh, of that verse, it says that Satan wishes to sift you. Now, that you that is mentioned is in the plural sense. You know, so I like reading it. I'm going to read it from the NIV, and I'll show you that he mentioned that he means more than just the singular in that, uh, in that passage. From the NIV, beginning at verse 31, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have been turned back, strengthen your brother. Now, you know, this sifting began a little early. You know, we always think that, well, we, we see this passage and we see another uh, instance of, of this sifting back, you know, when, when, in Job, the story of Job and Satan wanted to test him or sift Job as well. But not only that, but Satan wished to sift more than just Peter in this passage. And if we see another instance of it in this same chapter, uh, and we all know that Peter wasn't the only one that betrayed uh, Jesus. We know, of course, of Judas. Now, looking back, beginning at verse 1 uh, of that chapter, chapter 22, it says, now the festival of the unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priest and the preacher and the teacher of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas. You don't say nothing about sifting, but Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went uh, to the chief priest and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to the crowd uh, of, uh, that was present. Now, over in John chapter 13, you say, well, I mean, how, how did that happen? He didn't get permission to enter Judas. John chapter 13, beginning at verse 2 and verse 3, it says, And the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, 
the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now, at this point, Judas was indeed sifted. Now, Judas made a commitment to Jesus, and there is no reason to think that uh, he wasn't sincere in his faith. Like the rest of the disciples, he left everything to follow Jesus. Judas was active uh, in the ministry. You know, Judas, uh, he was uh, he gained remarkable uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, Luke tells us that Jesus called the 12, and that included Judas when he gave them authority and power over demons, and he gave them uh, the power to kill, uh, to cure diseases, and all these things. So Judas, his faith was there. But, you know, the, the human heart is beyond understanding. And there is something incomprehensible about a person who abandons the faith they once professed. It's hard to understand how a young person raised by godly parents in the context of a healthy church taught the truth of the scriptures from a young age and then at some point turned their back on Jesus. Now, Judas' story contains an important lesson uh, for parents, for leaders, for friends who grieve over someone who has turned their back against Jesus, have turned and abandoned their faith. You know, we worry, you know, what did we do wrong? Where did we go wrong? What more could I have done? Did we fail in our teaching? Did we fail in our example? Should we have immersed our son or daughter in a different environment? Should we have sent them to a different school? It does hurt. But Judas teaches us that even the best example, the most compelling evidence, and the finest teaching cannot in itself change the human heart. Judas had been uh, stealing from the collective money bag. And when he had kept this sin a secret, Satan entered him. Now, when he made the deal with the chief priest and then sat down at the same table as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he kept this sin within himself and didn't confess his sin, well, Satan entered even further. Now, unconfessed sin always opens the door to Satan's power. Now, when Judas was sifted, now Satan ended up with something way more precious, precious than gold. He actually ended up with Judas's soul. Right. Now, Satan also seeks to sift us. Yeah. Yeah. Satan's whole motive is to destroy our faith, and he will use anything in his arsenal just to do so. Yeah. You know, Paul said over in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and verse 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth. Take it heed unless he falls. Yeah. Now, if you think you got everything going together, everything is smooth sailing, you better be on the watch. Right. And the disciples thought the same thing. Yeah. And it's so ironic that right before the, the supper with the Lord, you know, he, the disciples were gathered together and, and they were talking around verse 24 of chapter 22. He says, well, they were trying to discuss who was going to be the greatest in heaven. What arrogance. What arrogance. Mm-hmm. 
You know, they witnessed the healing uh, of the sick. They, they witnessed uh, the raising of the dead. They, they witnessed uh, Jesus calming the sea, the storm, uh, him casting out devils, all those things. And, and Peter was there too. But Peter was something even special, more special. You know, Jesus, uh, Peter was, was the one that, was, uh, that, that uh, proclaimed that he was the Messiah. You know, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, you know, when yeah. Jesus asked him, who, who did he say that, that, that uh, he is? And, and he mentioned that he's the son of God. And he said upon that, he would build his church. Now, Peter was a little something special. You know, yeah. Peter actually walked with Jesus on water. Yeah. You know, so Jesus, so Peter was something else. And actually, right on in that passage, uh, when they came to get Jesus, you know, Peter was the one that, that cut off the ear of, of the servant, yeah. of the soldiers that were there. So Peter, he was, you would think, ideally, he was strong in his faith at that point. But that's when we need to be the most careful. Amen. When we think all is going well, Satan seeks to sift you. And if we look at that sifting of Peter, it's so subtle. You know, Peter didn't even see it coming. You know, it looks over and starting at verse 54. It says, then seizing him, they led him away and took him, and it's him as Jesus. They took him uh, into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when, uh, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. So subtle. A servant girl saw him seated there uh, in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. Uh, A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not. Peter replied, he didn't even know what was hitting him. Uh, about an hour later, another asserted, certainly, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and Peter remembered the words of the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. Yeah. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Yeah. Yeah. So subtle. Peter thought he was on top of his game, but just like that, he was sifted. Mm-hmm. Now, we are also sifted. And you say, well, how, how are we sifted? I'm, we're just going about life. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if, if, if God told us that, hey, uh, tomorrow, uh, Satan's going to sift you. You know, he's going to try you tomorrow. And we, we, I often think, you know, especially when I read that story uh, of, of Job, and I admire Job so much, and just wonder, man, what if I get tried like that? Can I, can I withstand? Can I, can I? But, you know, we get tried, we get sifted so often. And, and we get sifted with our marriage. You know, when things are going so smooth, we love each other, we just, oh, and then the next thing you know, you don't have some thought pop in your mind. You don't have your dream. And next thing you know, you're looking upside the head like, I can't stand you. <laughs> and you don't know what happened. You're like, well, I, and then your thought, you know, man, you know, this ain't right. Yeah. 
But you just get, can't let it go. I, you know what? I just can't stand you right now. Then both of you can't stand each other for a while. You know what? That's being sifted. Yeah, yeah. And now, let me say this about marriage, too. You know, at, at some point when you get married, before you get married, you look at that person and you say, well, I, I love this person so much. I would love to live the rest of my life with this person. I lay down my life for this person. But I, I, I don't think any person in here married someone because they was a millionaire. Did we have any in here? Did you marry your husband because he was a millionaire? Did you marry your husband because he was some GQ magazine, you know, centerfold? Or none of that. You didn't marry your wife because she was a swimsuit model and all these things. You married them for a particular reason. But then when you get later on down in marriage and, and you're looking at them sideways like, why can't you look a certain way? That's, that's Satan sifting you. That's right. That's right. Now, if you didn't marry a handyman and down the road, you're not getting stuff fixed around the house. You can't look at him like, man, you sorry joker, right? <laughs> that's Satan sifting you. That's right. And if you're wondering if you're being sifted or not, especially in your marriage, check yourself. Check your faith. And the minute that you are upset with your husband or wife and things are not going right, stop and take a true look at yourself and say, Man. how is my faith right now? Man. You know, because God said no matter what, what that guy, what your husband did to you or what your wife did to you, what wrong they have done, he said the battle is his. Let that be his battle. Right. So if you do what you're supposed to do, God, if your faith is right, you already know God going to handle whatever they're doing. Right. So in that moment that, you know, you, you're all in the heat and can't stand each other and he ain't uh, fulfilling, he can't fix the car and all these things. And, you know, and, and Joe down the road know how to fix on cars. No, take a look at yourself. Amen. Amen. <laughs> look at your faith. Amen. And, and that, this is not my marriage is not my topic today. And uh, one of the last uh, couples, uh, married couples uh, outings that we had and one of my uh, topics was uh, being in a love triangle uh, with God, you know, God being at the top and, you know, the husband and the wife. And, and we talked about it being a circle when, when, you know, you just get around to Jesus on time and time. But no, we're in a love triangle. Now, marriage is going to be as good or as bad as the two of you make it. That's it. That's it. it don't matter how bad off you are right now. The only two that can make that relationship, the best marriage of all times is the two of you. Now, I, I was watching a, a, a video clip with uh, Ari, uh, my daughter, on, on uh, YouTube the other day, and it, they videoed the darndest things, I tell you. I, like, anyway, it was some people that were, couples that were living in a van. I mean, it's not an RV, it's a van. They were living, there's several, I mean, there's several videos out there where people film themselves, they live in vans, and some of them have like a little sink or whatever in there. And they don't have a house, they don't have a yard, they just travel around. And the video that I looked at, I mean, they were just content, they were happy. I mean, they had, uh, the, the lady was happy that they, the husband finally put a water jug on top of the van so that they can trickle some water down so she can get a shower. But when you think that, you know, my husband, he uh, is not at the status that I wish he would be at right now. You know, we, we should have a mansion by now. Yeah. 
that we should have some be able to go on vacation. But if he didn't have all that before you got started, don't don't hold that against him. Amen. Okay? Amen. And don't hold that against her. And, I, and yesterday I went to Burger King. That was, uh, Burger King, that's my last resort. <laughs> but I was hungry. Uh, so I went by Burger King and I, I saw this elderly couple there. And I, I love, my wife does it. We love seeing elderly couples, you know. And, and, you know, the lady was sitting there in the seat and the husband, you know, he was at the counter getting the stuff, the, the food and came back. And they just had two little old hamburgers, and, and they shared a small fry. And I think they actually shared the same drink. But they looked content. Yeah. Money doesn't make your, your marriage happy. That's right. The bills that you have, you really don't have to have. You can move to Alaska <laughs> and, and live on the land and be, be happy. So if that's your drawback, that, man, we can't pay the bills, we... You know, he, he, he's getting on my nerves, she's getting on my nerves, all those things. I must say that you're being sifted and you don't even know it. It's so subtle. That's right. So if that's what you find yourself in today, uh, that wasn't my topic on marriage, but that's the want to run that by you. Yeah. But, but we're also sifted in another way, on our jobs. Yeah. You know, when things are going fine on your job and something comes along and just be dealing with people. You're always dealing with people, and things are not going to always go your way, but that should not take you outside of your character. Man. That should not make you curse somebody out or want to wish ill on anybody. That's you being said. At that time, when you're upset with somebody on the job, step back. Take a look at yourself and say, where is my faith? Yeah. Is my faith in God in the right place? Yeah. Now, uh, let me also say this about being sifted by a job. God's not going to bless you with a job that takes you away from worshiping him. Amen. That's just not, that just don't even make sense at all. Amen. So if, if, if you have a job and you say, well, I can't come to worship because I got the work or I'm on call. There's 24 hours in a day. There's no way possible that you should go on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, without partaking of communion, without singing his praises, without praying, all those things that we must do in worship service. Yeah. There's just no way. If you find yourself in that point, that your job is taking you away from worshiping God, check your faith and see yeah. where you are. That's it. You are being sifted and you don't even know. Right. Children, I mean, we, we get sifted by our children. We don't you know, our children, they take us through things. And unfortunately, sometimes we take the, the anger out from the children on each other as, as parents. But you have to make sure that you realize that even kids or see Satan, Satan is so crafty. His main thing is to destroy our faith. And he'll go by any means necessary to do so, regardless if it's marriage, regardless if it's your children, your job. You know, those things that his, that's of his arsenal, pornography, uh, alcoholism, drugs, all of these things that you say, well, you know what, I'm going to overcome. I can, I'm strong today. Thank you, Lord, for letting me get over that. And then the next thing you know, you're in front of the computer or you're opening a, a can of, of alcohol or smoking something. You know, just so subtle, something to set you over the edge and you're right back. And that's because Satan is sifting, is sifting you. 
Now, isn't it something that, that Jesus didn't pray that Peter would be spared from his ordeal? Now, that, that, that's what we usually do, right? We, we usually pray that, you know, we always pray for, for the sick, you know, and wish and pray, Lord, that they will get over their sickness. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, with praying for the sick. We, we must pray for the sick. But it seems like we spend more time praying saints out of heaven than we do praying sinners out of hell. Yeah. You know, we're we going to have to go through some things, yeah. and that's by God's design. So not only should we pray for these things that are occurring in one another's life, yeah. but the main thing is that we pray that our faith is strengthened as we're going through what we're going through. That's the main thing. Pray that. Now, each of us has a measure of faith, but the day may come when we will completely uh, be surprised by Satan's attack. The area that we feel strongest are the areas that Satan often uh, used to destroy our faith. He knows that if he can defeat us where we feel the strongest, then we might just be tempted to give up. Now, our only hope is to rely on the resources that God provides. And one of those resources is the knowledge that Jesus is continually interceding for us. Jesus certainly, uh, Jesus was certain that Peter's faith would be restored. Uh, He told him to restore his brethren once he got through on the other side. Now, uh, uh, Peter wept bitterly after, uh, after he realized what he had done. Now let me, just because someone, someone fails or someone fails you, that doesn't mean that they are a failure. Now what makes a person a failure is their decision to give up. Now thank God Peter didn't give up. Now Peter was the uh, first disciple to get to the tomb when he realized that, uh, when they were told that he was the first disciple to get to the tomb uh, when uh, they told uh, the disciples that Jesus uh, had been risen. Now, Peter was uh, one of the other disciples when Jesus later appeared in the mist. Peter was there worshiping when uh, Jesus was translated to glory. Peter became mighty, uh, a mighty preacher, uh, a missionary, a leader in the early church. Uh, Peter was actually uh, there, we know in, on Acts, uh, in Acts chapter 2, you know, on the day of Pentecost when he preached that, that sermon. And he told them exactly what they must do when they had done sin against against Jesus. He said, you must repent just like he did. So thank God that Peter had an opportunity to change things around. And if we find that that, that you are in that same situation, you know that you've been sifted. As a Christian, we we have to know that Satan is after us. And sometimes we don't even know what's going on. We're just so silly. Sometimes and we go through it and we're mad at the wrong person. We do the wrong thing. We try to lean to our own understanding. Yeah, but we have to realize that we are being sifted. Now, like first Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted. He will also provide a way uh, out of what you are uh, endure it. So 
we know that we're not alone. Amen. We know that whatever we're going through, God can see us through. Amen. Now, when you are sifted, don't, don't let the sifter have the best of you. Right. So when you're not coming to church as you ought to, and you spend the rest of your day watching TV. And I just told you that, hey, man, you're being sifted. Yeah. What part of you, just on today alone, will Satan have? Right now. Think about that later on today. When you're not here, think about you are being sifted. Now, we serve a mighty God who's worthy, worthy of our praise, but just a few hours out of a week, and you're not here worshiping him. Later today, about 4, about 3.30, because we start at 3 o'clock in our afternoon service. At 3.30, I hope and pray something sparks in your mind. Hey, it's 3.30. Where is my faith? You're being sifted. Yeah. Now, if you have been a Christian for a while, I would say over a year, and you haven't grown, and you always pray for, Lord, please you know, uh, strengthen me, strengthen my faith. And I'm telling you this only, you're not here by just chance. You, you're not here. And God didn't keep you awake by chance. Yeah, a lot of you were struggling, but I think everybody's mostly awake. <laughs> so you're not awake to hear this right now. 3.30, if you're not here, I hope and pray that this thought comes in your mind. Where is my faith? Right. What part of me right now is in the seed? Is it the good part of you? Or not? Is Satan sifting you like gold? Or is he sifting you like wheat? That's my message to you. Like I said, I hope and pray that you get something. Because when I was going through it, I was like, man. (laughs) Wow. But I hope and pray that something was said that will uh, help you along your Christian walk today. Uh, I hope that your faith will be strengthened. We're in this together. And Satan, he's, uh, he's powerful. Yes, he but we do have Jesus on our side. Amen. He does intercede for us. Amen. Now, if you are here today and you have not put on Christ in baptism, or you have been at the wrong place and not the right church, Amen. there is an order to salvation. We know that we must first hear the word of Jesus, the word of God. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I think we all in here have heard the story of God, that he created heaven and earth. We've heard the story of Jesus Christ, that he's the son of God, that he died for our sins. He went to the cross. I think most of us are on on that step. But we have to go beyond that. It says without this faith, in Hebrew 11 and 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that sifting today, and that sifting is of sifting of your faith. If your faith isn't where it should be, then I hope and pray that you allow us to pray for you today. But if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, we know that that's another step, that you must have faith that in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, that gave us the opportunity so that we may have right to eternal life. Then yeah. we must also repent, just like Peter said, you know, in Acts 2.38. He said, you must repent and be baptized, every one of you. And we also know that, you know, the day that, that 
uh, of this ignorance. God winked at, but now yeah. he, he requires every man to repent, to change. Yeah. And we must also confess that Jesus Christ is the son of, of God, according to Matthew 10, 32. And then we also must put on Christ in baptism, yeah. according to Matt, uh, Mark 16, 16. And then we may have right to eternal life. Now, if you find yourself in, in need of baptism to obey Christ today, the water, I, we cleaned, I cleaned the pool yesterday. We're ready. It's warm and, and nice and ready. And we're not like the other places. You know, we, we don't put off today what God has commanded us to do today. We don't put on for a certain Sunday and say, come back and we will baptize. We know that baptism is essential to your salvation. Now, if you find yourself that you have been sifted and you have evil thoughts and you just have been doing wrong, you hadn't been doing things right by what God has told you to do, regardless if it's the husband-wife situation and, you know, you hadn't been loving your husband like you should or you hadn't been loving your wife like you should, today is a good day to repent and change and do those things that you're supposed to do. Now, if you find yourself that you know you need strength, that, that, that you know you've been forsaking the assembly. You know you need to be here. You know that Satan is, whatever that vice that, that Satan is getting on to you with, let us pray for you today. Amen. Let us pray to, for you today. Jerry, what is our song of invitation? 241. 241. So as we sing, there will be some brothers that come around with cards. If you uh, would like to make your petitions known, let us pray for you today. It's not easy. You're being sifted. Every one of us, Satan desires to sift us. Amen. So let us pray for you today. Let us be strengthened today. Thank you for your time. Amen.